0: Hey guys, I'm Nick And I'm Eugene Welcome to Papercut This week, we are talking about Breakfast at Tiffany's by Truman Capote Breakfast at Tiffany's tells the story of the encounter between our unnamed narrator and one holiday go lightly who was a carefree woman that our narrator shared uh, an apartment with about 20 years prior to the setting of the story well, the published year of the story So in the 1940s, the gist of the story is that Holly, while being a carefree woman, she's more of a Jay type of woman. So she didn't really have an occupation and she had a very outgoing personality and would basically try to do everything in life. Sort of like a try everything first, ask questions later kind of girl. And um, there is a there is a quite a lot of parallel between this and the Great Gatsby. We we'll go we go we'll go a bit more into that in detail later. The difference here is that Holly isn't exactly the exquisitely glamorous type, so kind of like a budget Gatsby. As story goes on, we will see kind of why she is the way she is based on her background. So yeah, this is like a very high level nutshell review of this story. So Nick, any initial thoughts? Who's Tiffany in all this? Tiffany is actually not a person. What? It's Tiffany & Co, the jewelry store. The The phrase breakfast at Tiffany's refers to a symbolism of a glamorous, well, a carefree lifestyle. So um, Holly says it at one point in the book, I wish to have breakfast at Tiffany's. And this basically is a symbolism, in my opinion, It's a symbolism of a truly carefree lifestyle. And it's kind of like a milestone for her to work to, a milestone for her to work towards in her life. It doesn't actually get mentioned that many times in the book. It's only that one phrase, but I feel like the sentiment itself gets reflected in her actions. So like all the different stuff that she gets herself into and all the different descriptions we hear about her from the narrator kind of encapsulates her as a person who would want to quote unquote, have breakfast at Tiffany's.
1: Was it a very popular phrase back in the day? Did people know what that meant? Or was it just um, a title? You know,
0: I'm actually not sure. Like, you might have to ask your grandmother about this one. (laughs) Like, you know. Yeah, I would imagine. So I know there's a song called Breakfast at Tiffany's. I've never listened to it. Right. But if it's not a phrase then, it is a phrase now.
1: Okay. I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned this as well because when you mentioned doing Breakfast at Tiffany's, the first thing that came into my mind was the Hepburn movie is it related any in any way to the movie yeah yeah this is the book that uh inspired it because I've never watched the movie but I guess uh, whoever's listening might have and this one might be an interesting one for them because I never knew that the movie was based off anything
0: oh actually I don't know how similar those two are but I'm sure there are people who have read and seen both and they can comment on that
1: okay uh, what's like a main idea what's the main idea behind all this because if you say it's very similar to gatsby i'm thinking immediately made this contrast between new money and old money or uh chasing the american dream or the decline of it but obviously the the time periods are very different for both these pieces so besides the glamour and the parties what is t- uh, breakfast at tiffany's driving at what-
0: so yeah i think the American dream is is a bit of a male perspective of having to work hard and achieve something. Like I'm talking, I'm talking about a nuclear family type of male and female perspective on life. So the male must meant to be the one who works hard and provides and has all the wealth. Whereas the female side thing about it, the female side is, if I were to adopt the perspective the stance that is taken back then, the female type it's meant to be one that takes care of the family and cares, well, basically carefree and doesn't have to worry about the wealth and all that. Mm -hmm. So in this sense, there is no contrast of old and new money because, well, as you said, the time period is different. But however, in regards to the American dream, for Holly's sense, it's basically not having to worry about her life, not having to think about you know, what she should do the next day to provide for herself. None of that is the main idea for me Okay. in this book. I feel like the main idea in this book is actually the idea of compensation of lost time. I think to get into this point, we need to go a bit deeper into her backstory because basically the only thing you need to know is she got married when she was 14, right? right? And so she didn't really get to do a lot of stuff that other girls in her age would get to do mm-hmm. and in the story we learned that oh actually she she got married the the other person like you know her husband wasn't this wasn't necessarily bad towards her but she got deprived in a way of the stuff that she would have been exposed to and now she's using the time that she has now to try and gain it all back
1: i mean it's also interesting that you mentioned um that she just wants to live this life so is her husband not providing for her in this current not necessarily
0: but more like but it's more like um there are two aspects to it right there's the aspect of her having to actually go through what an adult woman has to do when she is basically still a child herself because remember um well actually not remember but a little bit more backstory is the person she got married to already has kids of his own so she had to take care of those people as well Mm. those kids as well But she's still a kid herself right so there's just this there's like a paradoxical element in this and this is where i feel she gets confused and this is where when she gets exposure you know i think through magazines of the societal life in new york she wants to break out and make a change for herself and that's kind of the backstory of holly go lightly that's why she does the things that we see she does and that's why she says the things that we see she we hear she says
1: that's very fitting of the time period it was in because If I remember or understand correctly, that was the period where, well, you speak to the modern woman today, they might say that that time all a woman was expected to do was sit there, look pretty, have kids. And apparently back in the day, like, it used to be quite common for people, especially in America, well, not common, but more accepted, that you'd lobotomize your wife if she isn't always completely happy. You'd have cases of, like, alcoholism-fueled housewives, I don't know if this was meant to be a, a critical piece of the time. What do you think? You mean a critique in the... In a critique the, in the that whole the nuclear, nuclear family. Yeah, the nuclear wife. The right? nuclear wife, family wife, yeah.
0: Mm, I won't say so. I think it's more of a... I think it's more of a description of the misfortune of what happens in some parts of rural America it, when when those kind of marriages happen. I feel like this isn't necessarily a critique on the nuclear value of the woman being a household entity and having to care for the kids and only care for the kids. Look, there's more of just a pure story of this girl okay. not getting what she deserved, or what she expected what she expected yeah and her being on her way to regain those it's not really a
1: critique so there is no there wasn't really like a broader point it was just telling a story yeah it was just telling a story okay
0: there's a relatively short book right so I won't say there is anything too deep into this I think a lot of English literature people might disagree with me but my stance on this is that it's a good book to read to relax right but if you're looking for something deeper then probably read the gatsby great gatsby
1: so any final rating well
0: out of 10 i'm sorry to say that i can only give it a five because the story isn't really that interesting per Mm. se and you know the only reason i brought this book was because it was narrated by michael c hall and he was very good as dexter especially his monologues and that gave him that gave this
1: book the five points if you like what we do follow us on Spotify or in any of your other preferred streaming sites if you want to leave us a comment or let us know what you think you can email us at papercut.cast at gmail.com or instagram at papercut.cast no caps or twitter
0: at papercut podcast one word no caps
1: Look forward to seeing you guys next week for another episode. Until then, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Peace. Out.